AviationPros.com is the portal website for AMT, airport business, and ground support worldwide magazines. Visit daily for breaking news, industry blogs, and insightful articles from our magazine's editorial team. And don't forget to sign up for our publication's daily e-newsletters. It's all at AviationPros.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Aviation Pros Podcast. I'm Joe Petrie, Editorial Director of the Endeavor Aviation Group. The U.S. has taken a major step of reopening its borders on November 8th as the country will allow fully vaccinated travelers to enter the country from Europe and the U.K. The countries are looking towards a post-pandemic future while still navigating the issues of today, and technology like biometrics will play a major role in the future of movement. I recently spoke with Matul Ruparelia, Vice President and Head of Sales of the UK and India for Visionbox, about the move and how we can expect travel to change going forward. The first question I had from you was, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges with the reopening of travel between the US and, and you know the rest of the world? Good question. So if I'm, if I'm looking at it from the UK to the US, or if I'm looking at it from the US to the rest of the world. Um, I think what we've seen hearing from the Chancellor in the last 24 hours from the UK, um, there is a huge amount of focus in helping to drive up travel and almost the opposite of what is happening in Europe. So by example, from April 2023, the cost of domestic flight could be cut from £13 to £6.50. And that very much will be a reduction seen in the air passenger duty that a UK traveller would end up spending. And most of those costs are typically paid for by the airlines, but the cost is obviously recouped from the air travel ticket. Now, that's important because the rail price tickets in the UK have actually gone up to very much support the infrastructure that is still in place and will probably be around for a very long time until it evolves. The rest of Europe, as I mentioned, is doing totally the opposite. That being said, there has been also a new levy that's been applied, which again will come into effect at the same time, which is an ultra long haul banded flight, which is a destination that is more than 5,500 miles away. There will be an additional 91 pounds Fortunately, between the UK and the US, most of the US cities, such as New York, San Francisco, are less than the 5,500 mile distance and therefore probably will be exempt. But it is exciting times. We've already seen statistics start to increase as well from UK to US. Now, between the US and the UK, how prepared are the nations for their air systems and their borders to reopen at this point? Yeah, so the last 12 to 18 months, there's been a huge focus, a huge push, a huge drive towards driving towards a seamless passenger processing uh, approach. And that is to drive efficiencies, which you know have been very much needed for a long period of time. I think what we've seen is in the aviation space, and not just, not, not just related to the UK or the US, there's been a significant cost reduction. And we suspect, you know, when we look at the UK airports alone, 
the two largest airports being Heathrow and Gatwick, which have accounted for around 40% of the travel, have laid off a significant amount of non-essential workforce. And they've imposed various different pay cuts and furloughing of staff. Now, we do know that this year is going to be still quite a difficult year. Um, and we don't expect that all of those people that have been laid off will be returning to work in the same way. And that's where technology is going to be playing that key role, where a lot of technology we're starting to see at both of those airports, by example, where there is much more use towards self-service and contactless technologies. So we are seeing that prep, that readiness, um, and that has been an investment that's been made well before, you know, the kind of period that we're in right now. It's been a journey that everybody's been going through. And that leads into my next question of talking about the role of technology in the reopening. I mean, can you explain a little bit how you see this changing or how it's going to evolve with this relaunch of service? Yeah, sure. So I think what it's going to come down to is this concept of seamless passenger processing. It's quite a, it's quite a big phrase, but it is in essence exactly that. It's this shift towards removing the obstacle, removing the kind of physical contact and to streamline the entire process. You know, we're seeing this process being a lot more, let's say flexible, but we're also seeing a lot of collaboration between the various different stakeholders. What I mean by that is a lot of, you know, if we go back a decade almost, you know, you'd turn up at the airport, you would go to a counter, you'd get your boarding pass printed, you'd check in and in parallel, you'd drop off your bag again, going through a manual process, you're constantly presenting yourself with, with the documents that you carry. You go through various different security levels and constantly you're needing to prove who you are. A lot of that can be streamlined and it has. We're familiar with sort of mobile check-in. That's, that's not nothing necessarily new. But to be able to biometrically be checked in where your verification details can also be processed. And that's where what Visionbox has been doing plays a key role, because with some of the airline partners that we have, Emirates is a great example, we've actually integrated with the US Custom Border Protection Service, the Traveler Verification Service. So when you're going on a flight from, from Emirates, to let's say Seattle, and you're flying via the Dubai Terminal 3 airport, you can be pre-enrolled where all of your details are securely trans transported across to the US Customs Border Protection, where your validation and verification can happen well before you've even landed on US soil. So we know that there is benefits that will come. It will reduce the time of queues, and it will ensure a lot more better efficiency. Leading into that with biometrics and the deployment has really moved forward, especially in the United States since the pandemic took hold. Tell me now, how is this technology going to work in the reopening? And, you know, how are we going to see it evolve going forward as hopefully when the pandemic starts to ease? Yeah, I think we're going to see we're going to see this greater adoption of the use of the technology. We're going to see a case where you know, a lot of the capital, if I talk about it from an from a airport airline perspective, we've seen huge major capital investments that have always been directed towards increasing the square footage or square meterage of terminals, more landing fields. 
as opposed to focusing on the technology that can streamline what is already there and make better use of that space. So where we will see that there will be potentially redesigning of airports, at least those airport terminals that are currently in construction, we'll see the wider adoption of technology through its benefits that we're already starting to see more of. And so that in itself will make a material difference in the resumption of aviation travel. This is what we're seeing already. And now biometrics, you know, it's been around for a few years now and it's being used in different parts of the world. But can you tell me since the pandemic has happened, I mean, what have we learned about biometrics usage and travel and movements of people uh, and what's something that we can learn for the future? Yeah, sure. So when we talk about biometrics, you know, from a from a vision box perspective, we're very much focused on the sort of three different modalities. There is the iris, there is the fingerprint, and then there is the face. I remember my sort of, you know, several visits going to the US or in certain locations where you're still asked to put your fingerprints prior to be allowed being allowed to enter into a country. I've even been to certain countries where IRIS has been the sort of de facto way of verifying and registering a traveler coming into the country. So we've seen this kind of this kind of shift from you know having to avoid physically touching devices more focusing towards biometric being on the face and that's where the focus has been at the same time you know we've got a situation where you know people have had to wear face coverings face masks we've had to we've had to deal with various different other checks which revolve around biometrics and the handling of that information because data privacy security is obviously going to be at the heart of it all so the evolution of the technology is going to continue and we will be able to detect and ensure that the right travelers are being authorized and making it a lot more of an efficient process. I know we're speaking about international travel right now, but just from what we've been going through, do you expect both international and domestic for that matter to be completely changed by this type of technology going forward? I would say it, it certainly will. And the reason being is, and I, and I will speak generally in certain, certain markets. So in the UK, we've already heard from the Chancellor of the reduction in domestic flights by the reduction of the air passenger duty. So we will be seeing a lot more air travel within country. Um, when we look at other markets like India, for example, one of the things that we picked up on was that domestic travel picked up within months. And I'm talking about four to five months where they were almost operating at around 70 to 80% of pre-pandemic level. So we will see this huge drive in domestic flights. Again, affordability is going to be a key element. The other element to look at it when we compare to international travel is the need for various different PCR tests and proving that you've had the vaccine. We will probably still see some of those rules and regulations being stipulated on us as different countries, different regions have their own approach. And my last question for you today is now that we're seeing this reopening and you know the border starting to um, become a little more connected in the world, what do you say for advice as far as airports and airlines, what they need to consider going forward past this moment when it comes to adjusting to biometrics in a post-COVID world? That's a good question. I think 
what we what we are sort of advising and guiding our customers predominantly you know again with vision box's experience of being present in more than 100 international airports we're almost guiding them to realize that we're going to have to live in this new world where there's going to be various different various different forms of covid um various different variations by that i mean and along with that there will be the cure. So the need of flexibility is always going to be there. The benefit that we have as a technology provider, as an advisor to the aviation industry is we take an approach where there is going to be the need of having a multi-stakeholder platform. There is going to need to be the technology that is deployed. Whatever is deployed today should be flexible enough to accommodate what could come in the future. By example, I can I can say that we went through a process where certain countries were requesting that we we have a sort of a heat sensor to be able to detect somebody's temperature. Now, the effectiveness of that device is not really that great because you could be you could be hot, you could have had an ice cream, and that could alter your own body temperature. But the fact is, we can do that. We can retrofit any bit of technology and make it work relatively quick so when there are changes in requirements or new government stipulations or changes from IATA travel we can quickly accommodate to ensure compliance for the latest information on the pandemic and its impact on aviation make sure to check out our website aviationpros.com and sign up for one of our daily newsletters i'm joe petrie thanks for listening